We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. I'm a bison say to the son bison before he goes off to college. Bye, son. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. That's a Gen Judge joke. I guess you've joke. heard that one before. That's a stupid dad joke. Oh my God, I loved it. I hit record. I could nice. not record that. I'm sorry. Oh no. So we got that on the podcast. I'm still, I'm still working through my checks, but we're just gonna roll with it because I had to have the joke. So while we're doing dad jokes, we might as well do the ones I did with Maggie. Right, today, right. You know? Hit us up, Kyle. Um, I don't know if I don't think you were here for the archery stuff. So uh, you know what I really hate about archery? Too many drawbacks. <laughs> We're, we're living, have living. you ever tried archery blindfolded? No. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> That's half the time anyway. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Losing all of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> starting with dad jokes. That's a good way to start. Right, right. Love the dad jokes. So um, we are here with Jen Judge and Aaron Gully. Uh, Aaron Hey, is Cap- the camera going? Yeah, the camera is. Going. All right, roll it. <laughs> I am rolling. <laughs> well, we just did. So I, dude, it better late than never. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, Aaron it was just going to sit and listen in, but we roped him into it. Uh, he may or may not join in as as the spirits prompt. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, see yeah, how that goes. Meaning. But, yeah. but uh Absolutely glad to have you guys here. Um, how long have you guys been in the industry? Outdoor, writing, shooting, hmm. photos, that type of thing. I'll, I'll let you guys kind of give an introduction of yourselves. That way okay. you can look as important or unimportant as you want. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, well, um, I'm Jen Judge. Uh, I have been a photographer since I was a kid like my dad first handed me my camera when I was like 16 years old and I've never put it down since um went to college for it uh but ended up in sales in the uh rock climbing magazine world um which is where I met Aaron and and that was probably god what year was it that would have been 97, 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started Rock Climbing Magazine. Um, and I've been kind of in the outdoor industry ever since. Um, that, wasn't, that was a short-winded answer <laughs> to a long <laughs> question. Um, how long have I been in the industry? I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of who I am and, like, what I've been doing my whole life. Like, you know, I went camping with my parents when I was a kid and... Um, it's funny, we were up at the lake today and we were skipping rocks and it was like that was like one of my fondest memories as a kid was like skipping rocks with my dad, you know, when I was a kid. Um so being in the outdoor industry has been just kinda part of who I am since I was I feel like since I was born, you know. So um Cool. I'm going to introduce Jen a little bit more because she's not <laughs> really she good. Not do a good job I'm terrible. I'm sorry. So Jen is a travel photographer uh, who has been working in the travel industry for probably 20 years, uh, has been uh, also working in the outdoor industry for probably 
that same amount of time. She's shot for every major travel news journalism publication you can name. Um, and she, There's a few I haven't. There are possibly one or two she has not, but if you can... The Yellow Book. I've never shot for... I've right. never photographed for National Geographic if, the Yellow Book. If you can think of a title, um, Jen is photographed for it. Uh, and she came to hunting in 2010 or 2011 and brought me kicking and screaming <laughs> to it um, and has been sort of big into hunting since then uh, I'm a I'm a travel or uh, sorry I'm a outdoor journalist uh, I've been writing and uh, sort of editing magazines since 1997 in this space so uh, not not the hunting space per se big mountain biker right big mountain biker um, I worked for I big rock climber I worked for rock and ice magazine for years that's where we met as she said worked for Vela News, worked for Wired Magazine, worked for um, Outside for the past 15 years. Um, and then we've sort of gotten into hunting since then. So, so awesome. Can I just interject for a second? When sure. you said got into this kicking and screaming, this has been the story of our relationship since we met. So he was the editor at Rock and Ice Magazine, and I was the ads director. Those are very adversarial roles. And uh, so we've kind of been doing this since day one of our relationship. Yeah, Jen, Jen likes to lead me along. That's right. <laughs> there you go. So did he miss anything? Do you, I mean, do we need to swap roles, Jen? Do you need to do like a better introduction of Aaron? Or mm, Aaron, I mean. Because I've read his work and it's pretty phenomenal. Aaron's an amazing writer. Um, he's very meticulous about what he does. And when he does it, he does it very, very well. And yes, he does come along kicking and screaming sometimes, but... You know, once he comes to something, like, then there's kind of no holding him back. Um, he's an incredibly accomplished mountain biker. Uh, and he's quickly surpassing me as a hunter as well. <laughs> but I can't draw any tags, so what are you going to do? This is thing. <laughs> Je- Absolutely. Jen's real good at drawing tags. Well, you need Excellent. to figure out what she's doing and then copy her. But I put her in. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, why are you putting her, you in with her? I do. <laughs> no attachments. No attachments. He's no the analyst. analyst. Yeah. Analyst over here. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, I, I just ride the coattails and have the fun. Kyle is not put in for a hunt in ages i do all of that for us um that's Aaron. and i've, I've been i we have been pretty successful here lately and that's gonna bite me in the butt it we, is. we brag about it that will. too much and eventually it's gonna bite us in the butt but yeah. we've had some great luck but luckily drawing great tests. luckily we've gotten to the point where you know we've got hunt it forward so even if we don't get to hunt we still have the joy of hunting because yeah. we get to take people hunting. oh yeah your I, kids are hunting yeah yeah it, yeah i mean it, there's not going to be a lack of hunting in our lives anytime soon yeah. um maybe personally but yeah i mean my daughter's into hunting you know she hunted last year she had an antelope tag this year the hunt it forward stuff is going really good um you know and we're in a really great place to do some hunting. So, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to hear, because Jen, I met Jen um, through work. Uh, Ryan, one of my coworkers, said, hey, there's this gal. I think she would make a really great guide. She's a photographer. I'd never heard about Jen before. 
you know, my ignorance. Um, <laughs> but uh, started looking into it and got a chance to sit down with Jen and started talking. And immediately uh, I knew we were going to get along because our thought process was pretty much exactly the same on hunting, on, on respect for hunting, on bringing new people into hunting and all of that stuff. And it's only strength and sense. And every time we talk, I'm just like, holy crap, this this chick is cool. <laughs> and and so, um, yeah, I want to hear more about what got you what got you into hunting because you kind of both came from a, uh, a place where that wasn't a big thing. No, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what begot my bonnet at some point, but like for some reason, like I mean, I was a vegetarian for a few years, um, and you know, I just it's kind of impractical when you're a travel photographer traveling all over the world to um, try to eat meat when you're in people's homes and they serve you something, you eat it, you know, out of respect, like whatever it is. So that didn't really work out. And I just, I kind of felt like I needed to know what it was like um, to take an animal's life um, if I was going to eat an animal. Uh, And, you know, I kind of just, I kept asking kind of friends that I knew, like I didn't grow up in a hunting family you know, nobody in my family hunted. Um, my grandfather did, which I found out later. Uh, but we didn't grow up with guns in the house. Like, it was just never, it was never a part of, you know, who I was growing up. I was, you know, mountain biking, camping, that kind of thing, but never hunting. And um, and so I asked around for several years, and nobody would take me out. They kind of just, you know, blew me off. Like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. And um, finally... Um, I happened to be, we were doing a bike test for Outside Magazine, and we were in Tucson, Arizona, and I had broken my arm that year, so I wasn't riding, I was just photographing, and a friend of ours from Wyoming um, happened to be there helping me, and he had grown up, his dad was a big hunter when he was a kid, but he hadn't hunted since he was um, a little kid with with his dad. And we came across this, you know, big blood swath on the on the single track. And I was like, God, what what do you think happened here? This is a bad mountain bike accident. He's like, No, this was an animal that just probably got gutted or something. And so it sparked the conversation. And he and I told him I really wanted to hunt. And he's like, Well, I'll go with you. You know, he's like, I'll come down from Wyoming. And like, you put in for the tags. If you draw, like, I'll come down with you. And uh, and I did. I put in for the draw. Um, I ended up getting my once in a lifetime in the Via Vidal uh, cow tag. And um, I met another friend kind of in there uh, who's kind of mentored me. And that was it, you know. And that hunt, um, it was a really interesting combination because, you know, here I get this animal down. It was the most intense moment of my life, you know. It's like all of, I, I, every emotion, you know, happy, sad, elated, like anything, everything poured out in that moment. I was like, whoa. And, uh, you know, we hauled this thing out on our backs, you know, probably four and a half miles. And I thought I was going to die. You know, I was like, I can't, I can't carry that kind of weight. And and my buddy had a bike in the back of the truck and he had like this little, like, um, Bob, Bob trailer. trailer. And he's like, well, I got a, I got a bike and a Bob. And, and as soon as he said that, I was like, well, I can ride a bike, you know? And so I rode the bike in and I carried the rest of the animal out by myself and like, you know, that was the moment where it just kind of connected, like I could do two things, you know, and it's like, as a mountain biker, um, I had spent a lot of time in the forest, but I'd always, you know, as you ride through it, you know, it's like you're traveling through, um, you know, it's an experience to go through the woods. 
but you're not part of it. And as soon as I started hunting, it was like all of a sudden, like the just doors, different doors opened. And it was like, I was part of the ecosystem, um, you know, instead of just kind of passing through it. And I felt so much more engaged in my environment at that moment. And like, and I was hooked, you know? Um, and since then, it's just been like, I want to help other people get out there. You know, I want to have, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, experience, I think know? not to put too fine a point on it, but, uh, it, it was when, when Jen came to me after that would have been, I don't know, 12 years together. And she was like, I want to start hunting. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you want to do what? Like, you know, we are climbers, we are boaters, we are hikers, we're campers, we're cyclists, yeah. but we are not hunters. Like, there's not a gun in our family. Like, she's like, no, I really want to do it. And I was, I was like. He thought I was crazy. <laughs> okay, go ahead and get that done. Um, and she did. She tried for quite some time to get it done. And she had a real hard time getting people to sort of engage with her, yeah. I think, as a woman. I mean, yeah. that's sort of my judgment. And maybe I'm wrong about that. But it, it, it was difficult for her to get out and do it. But yeah. she was quite determined. And. Uh, so I, I just feel like, yeah, that, that point of like going from we're not hunters to being hunters was not a small, and, and she, and like I said, she dragged me, uh, like e even after she started, like I was still like, ah, I don't know. Mm. And it took me a couple of years to go out on hunts and be like, oh, I understand. Like this does exactly. connect yeah. the things. And I think, yeah. I think you guys both touch on a point that we've, we've brought up, um, on multiple occasions, whenever you start looking at conservation issues and environmental issues, and it seems like the majority of people who want to address those issues leave out the human element. Mm -hmm. And I, I think uh, we talk about it all the time. All the time. We, we are part I, of we are, we are part, part of the of ecosystem. Yeah. yeah, we are part of that, and I, it's really neat to kind of hear it come come from you jen talking about how those doors open and how now you felt a part of that because you you now are you're now yep. uh, in that cycle of life and death and and conservation and ecosystem and all that and yeah. i think that's i think that's a a point often left out in these conversations that's really important mm -hmm. and, I, and i love the explanation um as a lifelong hunter i I don't see that side, you know, like even beyond Kyle, you know, Kyle, Kyle dabbled in it as a young person, but really didn't get into it fully until me and you got to run, yeah. run around together. Um, but so as a lifelong hunter, it's just been, it's just been life. Yeah. It's right. just been what Part I do, existence. What do. ever yeah. since yeah. I can remember walking, <laughs> I've been hunting, fishing, shooting, um, all of that. So it's really neat to hear that perspective about you know riding your bike through the woods but not really being a part of it right. and then going out and hunting and becoming a, a, a fuller more complete part of the of, of everything around you so that's a really cool perspective yeah the interesting thing so my hunt this year i was lucky enough to draw um my first archery bull hunt um i had first archery this year and um you know it was it was just, it was fascinating because like, there's just like these kind of layers that every, you know, with every year of my hunting experience, they just kind of keep opening up, you know? And like, you know, that, that day when I got my cow in the Via Vidal, it was like, you know, lights went off and, you know, all of a sudden I was part of the bigger ecosystem. 
but this hunt was like there was a moment where like um it really felt like there was a door that kind of opened and I could see the woods differently than I'd ever seen them before and like you could actually like I felt like I could see where the animals you know where the elk was walking in front of me and like you know like the nuances of like in the subtlety in you know a turned over rock or a crushed leaf or you know it's like a slightly broken branch like all of a sudden like I could see things that I'd never seen before and I was like all right, that's kind of creepy. That's a little weird. Cool. I think it's really cool, cool. Cool question. Go ahead. Do you think that your background in photography helped you pick up on those things? It's funny. I do think photography is a massive part of um, what's probably made me a pretty successful hunter. Like, yeah. um, you know, it's like the act of like, you know, I mean, I, I'm a very, very observant person. Like, that's my job. Like, I visually, I visually see Absolutely. everything. You know, I see tiny details yeah. everywhere. Um, you know, it's like I read body language. Um, you know, just even the act of, like, you know, when I'm photographing. <coughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, you know, when I'm photographing, like, you know, holding my camera. You know, it's like I... I have breathing techniques, you know, it's like I have a long shutter speed, like I have to kind of slow my breath down, like it's no different than shooting a rifle, it's or, or shooting a bow, it's like, you know, so I, I feel like in some ways I've been practicing my whole life for this, and like all of my life skills have made me a better hunter, um, so yes, I totally think that makes a huge difference. Nice. Um, and I wanted to, because <clears throat> we talked about this earlier, um, before we got you on the podcast, but um, talking about how, you know, you start to see things a little bit differently as you add layers to that experience. Um, and I think at the time when we talked about it, I kind of equated it to, you read the old stories about, about the old trappers and hunters who had been out, you know, doing it their entire lives and they could read the landscape like a book and see exactly what had happened. And, you know, this is what happened here. Um, I'm, you know, right now I'm reading uh, a book called, uh, when the, the Dogs Bark Tree by Elliot Barker mm-hmm. about his experience uh, as a uh, predator manager here in Vermejo. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talks about, yeah, but from the tracks you could tell exactly what had happened when, when a lion had made a kill and how the struggle went and all of that. But I think it's it's important for the longest time, or even even now, we as hunters haven't done a real good job of explaining what it is to us mm-hmm. um hunting more often than not gets oversimplified into just the act of killing an animal right but it is so much more complex than that yeah mm-hmm. from the feelings you felt on your first animal mm-hmm. to to every year since adding those layers of experience opening new doors seeing new things out in the out in the wild and out in um on your hunt it just, I, and I, I have yet to meet somebody who has said, "I've seen it all." Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Lifelong hunters. Right. Who come back and tell stories. That's why lifelong hunters come back and tell stories because every year it's something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it it cannot be overstated that while it's painted as a very simplistic act, it's extremely complex, and the feelings with it are extremely complex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think acknowledging that is really important for us moving forward to get new people into hunting. Because you have to, like with our Hunt It Forward folks, we we prepare them for that. We tell them, 
you know, our very, one of our very first hunters said, I might throw up whenever I, if I, if I kill an animal. Awesome. Cool. Right. Yeah, you might. <laughs> Prepare yourself for that yep. because it's a very real possibility. Yeah. Yep. She didn't. She did yep. awesome. Yeah. But we, you know, we prepare them. You're going to have a, a, a flood of, of emotions that yeah. you've never felt all at once before. Prepare yep. yourself for that. Yeah. I say the one thing that I was really disappointed in the hunting community about is like nobody talks about missing animals or wounding animals mm-hmm. or what it's like to lose an animal. Mm-hmm. And like, that's something that just, or just the process of, yeah, like it's it like everybody kind of downplays that. Like, perfectly. Oh, you know, it's like, it just doesn't come out. I like, feel like the way media happens. is gone. You see so many, um, videos and podcasts and all that stuff about just like, you just go out and get an animal. And like, that's, it's, you know, you see Insta and it's just like, yeah, it is the celebration photo. And that's, that, that, that's, hunting gets reduced to that Mm -hmm. and as you say there's way more than that and then on top of that there's a lot of difficulty that um transpires that you sort of have to deal with yeah absolutely i I was kind of doing the victory dance because that is so not what we talk about on this podcast yeah um I, i i think you know one of my favorite sayings that since we started this podcast is my trophy chest is my freezer yeah yeah um and that's and and even beyond that you know the memories and the stories too but yeah that's Hmm. there's so much more emotionally i I mean even even the connection that me and my daughter have that, that kyle and my daughter have from going on these hunts and the connections that we have so we've had 400 forward participants um from all kinds of different walks of life and they are close friends now. Yeah. Just through that process yeah. of, of, of helping them get started in hunting. Um, and and that, that has nothing to do with hunting, but everything to do with hunting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I want to I say two things. One, to your point, like the things we've seen hunting – we saw we saw an eagle try to take a deer, you know, like the the we had foxes like walk up to us at like, then, like five yeah. feet and didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. Like that stuff, you just don't get no. unless you're hunting. And we we I mean we've been outdoors people since I was right. born basically, and like I've never had anything like that until within the last five wow. years. And then the second thing to your point. Uh, we, we've been sort of cognizant because it was, it was, it was hard for us to get into hunting. So we've been cognizant of trying to help other people to get into hunting. We've, we've probably between us helped 10, 10 or 11, 12 people sort of start hunting as well. And we, we took a friend out on a, on a elk hunt last year, uh, cow elk hunt. And we, we didn't, neither of us drew elk last year. Um, that experience was, oh man. That was awesome. Yes. Way more. Yeah. And I, I can't say way more because my experiences hunting elk have been amazing, but that was just as amazing yep. an experience yes. as I've ever had was yeah. going out with her and seeing her transform for like almost incapable of shooting a rifle, never having yeah. even <laughs> been around a gun and right. like, wow, are you, are you shooting? the paper out there are you shooting at that and like whoa <laughs> at and then like yeah. you know like going out and having her k- 
kill an elk with one shot, and yeah, like I, I almost cried a little you bit. Did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that did. was unbelievable. It, it is, is it, you know, it's so amazing. I mean, almost exact same description of of feelings that we had the first time that we took out our hundred hundred four participants. With. And one of the things that Jen and I, you know, when, when we first started talking, I was like, yeah. We're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it, it's exactly that. It's a different experience because your hunt is your hunt. But getting to see those those people experience what you have experienced, but yeah. in their own terms, yeah. is so incredibly rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless you've done it, it's it's hard to it's, – it's much like hunting. Unless you've done it, it's hard to describe it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a perfect example of that this morning. So I have a I have a – cousin and him and my daughter have an antelope hunt use antelope hunt this weekend and we took them out this morning um and of course we've got the cameras you know and the phones and all you know and and you know we start out and we're kind of in not a grande outdoor mode you know to get some good footage some some stuff to put on instagram and facebook and then the hunting starts and we forget about all of it. yeah yeah and we're just out there hunting and and he harvested an antelope and we were like, I mean, did anybody get that it's on like, camera? It's like, Nothing. you know, the TV Nothing. shows that you see, <laughs> the, the TV shows that you see, you know, we saw uh, an antelope and we're like, oh, I'm, uh, and I just was like, okay, I'm going to peek over this hill and see if he's still there. Uh-huh. Didn't take my camera, didn't do anything. He's there. He gets set up. He shoots him at 200 yards. One shot drops. I mean, like the perfect, if I'd have had a camera, it was like the perfect <laughs> videographer, you know, yeah. and yeah, nobody had their camera out, but it's still rewarding because oh, yeah. it was so much fun. Absolutely and loved it. Man. Sometimes you're like, yeah, yeah, forget about the camera. Yeah, so we let's don't just need have that. some fun. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it it's, just sucks you into the moment. It, it just does. really does. It'll make yeah. you forget about everything else that's going on in your yeah. life. Um, times right now are hard, you know, with all that COVID stuff and everything like that, and we're mm-hmm. still able to to break away and get out in the woods and just forget everything. So I, I have nice. to say, so um, there's we're at Vermejo right now, and the uh, there's a guide immersion program happening, and there's some girls here who have, um, you know, never, you know, she said it, she said it herself. She's like, I'm a city girl, and I was like, you know, we were talking the first couple of days. I was like, you guys really need to go down to the game barn and just check it out, you know, and see what's going on down there, and uh, and. Every time I've gone down now, she's down there and she's like wants to volunteer to learn how to skin. And she's like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You know, she's like, she's so, um, she's like, I come from the city. Like I've only ever seen elk on TV, you know? And it's like now all of a sudden I'm seeing them walk around and to see like, you know, it's like you see all these harvest photos all the time, but she's like, you never see what goes into the back end of it. And she hasn't even gone out hunting yet, you know? And she's like, I want you to teach me how to hunt, you know? And so it was just, it was a really cool moment. Like that's been my most favorite moment this whole week. You know, it's like seeing her get excited about like, you know, seeing the process and it wasn't off-putting, you know, Mm -hmm. the fact that there was, you know, a dead animal, you know, that they're taking its, you know, it's hide off. Like none of that was off-putting because she understood and she saw like the bigger process and Mm -hmm. the bigger picture of the whole thing. And it was just, it was, I don't know. It was just, it was really cool to see that. So, um, again, I think we've done ourselves as a hunting community, a disservice and, you know, there's been some shift in, in that mentality in, in how things are being portrayed 
more field to table versus the trophy hunting type of um, type of program. Yeah. But f- by and large, most of the programming is still that way. You know, yeah. you see you see them out, you see them um, sit in the stand, you see them the big c- buck come in and then them kill it yeah. and pose with it, and that's all you see. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, it's good to see some change in that, but but I think we need to do a much better job of of following that process all the way through because yeah i've always said that hunting lessons are life lessons yeah um you know i grew up on a ranch so i had the opportunity to see you know that life and death cycle i have the opportunity to see where my food came from so many people have never had that opportunity and so if i can in my opinion you know I can't put everybody on a ranch, but if I can get people into hunting, I can right. give them that experience. Yep. Yep. I, I can I can connect them in that way, um, and I think the more people we can connect in that way, the more we have um, that connection to you know who they're really supposed to be, whoever yep. that is. Yep. Yeah, and so so like. One thing that I never understood, and, and, and I've kind of learned throughout this podcast, right, is that there's people out there that go into the woods but don't hunt. What? Wait, wait, <laughs> like what? Like, okay, a like hiker? people that go camping and hiking. Because, and because he's a lifelong hunter. Because I'm a lifelong yeah. hunter, right? That so was us. Like, there's no, other people, right? there's other people so, out there. <laughs> but, you know, ignorance goes, ignorance goes both ways, right? Oh, it's just something that I didn't know. Right, I mean, you go out in the woods, but you don't hunt. You go on the water, but you don't fish. Are you kidding me? You know. So, and we do, we do a, like Kyle said, we do a disservice to ourselves when we don't start teaching that stuff. Education is everything, but we, you know, um, like me and Dana take, took up backpacking, and a big driving factor for me in that mm-hmm. was to learn that world. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the more I learn about that world, the more I can relate to people from that world and understand how to connect with them and how to get them over here. (laughs) I have a funny story about that. So, uh, we, we shoot archery, um, at a, at a range in, uh, Santa Fe weekly. They have a 3d, uh, shoot. So we'll go out there on a Wednesday and sometime this summer, uh, Jen was like, I'm gonna ride my bike out there. There's a nice sort of gravel loop that leads out there. And I was like, okay, I'll just meet you out there. I had ridden in the morning uh, so I rode out, or I drove out, Jen rode out, and I drove into the archery range with the truck, and Jen rode in after, and we sort of like got our stuff together. We went over to the table to like check in, and Mike, the guy who runs the thing, was just like, why'd you make your wife ride her bike out here? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, like... She rode all the way from town. I was like, actually, she did like a big loop, like, you know, 25. And she she rode 25. Like, why did you make her do that? No, we do that for fun. Like, he right? did not wrap his head yeah. around. He told the everybody. Fact. Like, yeah. like, she all night, bike, people all kept here. coming up and being like, I-, I heard you made her ride a bike out here. I'm like, wow. It, like, it, the worlds just do not connect, no. right? Like, they can't it, understand that, like, we do that for fun. And in right? the same way, I don't think that a lot of people in our world or, you know, like that world that we have 
resided in understand that like mm -hmm. there's a lot of value in going on hunting and they they, they just can't wrap their head around yeah, it. yeah and, there, and there's a lot of value in just hiking um i i've never been a hiker i, I i'm a hunter and i can hike for days when yep. i'm chasing an animal mm -hmm. but if i'm not chasing an animal i'm like I don't want to walk across a parking lot. I'm with you, hundred <laughs> percent. So, hundred percent. But, but again, that's part of that education process. It's one of the reasons why you know, like my wife, she she dabbles in photography, and she likes hiking, and she wants to do the backpacking thing. So I'm like, you know, let's go, let's do it, mm -hmm. um, let's get into that, and kind of get into my uncomfort zone, and and learn a little bit about the other side, and walk through the forest without chasing an animal, and and see what I can see from there. Mm -hmm. So. It's pretty cool. But, you know, in that as well, I think coming from both for, 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 from both sides, mm -hmm. I think it, it just blends and, and helps one helps the other. You know, hiking while you're not chasing an animal, um, you're still going to be practicing those skills because mm -hmm. in the back of your yeah. mind you're thinking – Hopefully, I'm back in these woods here in about three months right. to kill an yeah. animal. Oh, I'm looking and, at and the vice trail. versa. You know, doing photography and being out in the field and mountain biking, you you get to see, you still get to see things and take in things that help you while you're doing the hunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think it's like one of the only things that's sort of made us somewhat successful or have success. I wouldn't say they're successful at hunting is just like we, we aren't. We when we started we were not good hunters at all. No, sure. But we have a lot of backcountry skills, and yeah. I, I know how to go into a place that's far in the backcountry and bring all my things and move around in the wilderness and read the weather and read the terrain and no maps yeah. and all that stuff. So like those skills transfer. Absolutely. You got more skills than most hunters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly, that's that's true. Except we got to learn the hunting, the hunting skills but, and that's it you know like how do you a, it's a tough tough world um like i said i've been hunting my whole life and i definitely don't uh, measure success by the animals i take the number of animals i take or the size because um, i go home empty-handed a lot yeah. um, not so much when me and kyle are hunting together we do pretty dang good. We, we've got a pretty good track record uh, of hunting when we're together. But, but yeah, I, I go home empty-handed a lot. I went home empty-handed on my elk hunt this year. Um, some extra circumstances this year, but still. Um, so, yeah, that, that's definitely not a measuring stick that I use is how many animals or how big they are. I feel like we could stand to just like rebrand hunting entirely because it's just like there's just this idea when you say the word hunt or hunting or whatever that like, you know, conjures this thought in your head, you know, and it's like, but, you know, it is outdoor skills, you yeah. know, it's like, and this is, this is part of the thing that I love about hunting. I'm going to call it that because that's the only thing I know to call it. But like, you know, it's like, it's teaching me like biology, you know, it's teaching me about like, you know, flora and other fauna, you know, it's like, it's teaching me anatomy, like, anatomy. Absolutely. It's yeah. like, I love like, you know, seeing how things are connected and mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like when you actually hold a heart or a liver and it's like, you know, you have those same parts inside of you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think about that all the time. It's like when I have an injury, I'm like, 
wow, I've seen that on an elk before, or, you know, it's like, I know what tendon that was, or, you know, and it's just like, there's so much knowledge that goes into it. That's so much greater than just like, you know, harvesting an animal, you know, or hunting. It's like, it's just, it's not, it's like, you know, it's like, there's just, there's not a good enough word to like encapsulate the entire experience. I don't think there is. And I think, again, I think sometimes it just gets oversimplified because it is so complex. How, how do you yeah. encapsulate all that? Right. You just got to experience it. You just got to experience that's, it. That's, it's like the word love. Really... Same thing. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you define love? Everybody defines it differently, but you know, it's a feeling that you have. It's whatever. And it's like, so there's, I, I'm, I'm fully on board. Let's rebrand it. It's not hunting. It's love. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're going to start. I think we all love hunting. And like all kinds of stuff. We do love hunting. That's for sure. <laughs> That's pretty good. Maybe we could have like you know, uh, uh, blaze like rainbow colors. You know, so oh man. So Jen, tell us tell us a couple of stories um, because you guys had said in one way or another you guys have contributed to getting ten or twelve people into hunting. Tell us some of those stories because we have our stories, but we love we love hearing stories of new people getting into hunting. Oh well, okay, I'll tell you one story that I think is hilarious. So. My very first elk, right? Um, I was super proud. We had friends over for dinner. And uh, we have a dear friend who is a lifelong vegetarian. He's been a vegetarian since he years. was, you know, I don't know how old, but a very long time. And uh, so he found out I was hunting and he's like, okay, like, I'm going to do this. He's been thinking about starting to eat meat again. And uh, so we brought him over for dinner. We cooked the tenderloins. And, like, this is the first time I'd ever cooked a tenderloin in my life. And all I knew was it's like, you don't overcook it, you know? So Somebody taught her right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, just wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah our, so our, so our mentor is like, whatever you do, it's just like, boom, boom, you're done. <laughs> like, don't, it just gets tough if you overcook it and we're like okay okay we're gonna do that so we we, so we cooked the tenderloin and that's exactly what it was it was like 10 seconds aside maybe like it was the rawest meat it was still so you had tartar yes it it was it was brown on the outside but man i cut into it and i was like i like rare meat but like like, this is aggressive yeah And And our friend was like, we're all looking at our plates, just like, oh God, like that's really rare. There's three of us who are meat eaters and our friend who is not. And (laughs) I'm like, hey, Jen, maybe we should put these back on the grill for a minute or two. And he's like, nope. If that's how it's supposed to be eaten, this is how it's meant to be eaten, I'm going to eat it. And he made his way through that whole tender long. God bless. (laughs) And we all did, actually. Uh, It was delicious. Uh, You know, like it, it. doesn't hurt you um, so long story short two yeah. years later we put him in and uh he, he he said after that he's they started eating elk we'd yeah. give them elk from time to time and he wanted to get into hunting uh and so he asked what he should be put in for we helped him put in for the draw and he drew his first elk tag and he went and harvested his first elk and it was very gratifying to see that and the story continues. So his wife hates vegetables. She's the meat eater. And she, so he's like, she was kind of the reason that he started hunting in the first place, you know, because like he kind of felt like he should provide for his wife. 
and uh, and so at some point I was like, you know, it's like you should do this, and she's like, I can never do that, and I was like, why not? She's like, I don't know, like I'm just kind of. What did she say? She's like, I, I don't remember exactly what she said. She said something like, you know, she's not coordinated enough, or you know, she's she she could never like she could never do that, you know. And it wasn't about she, like she's taking a, the animal's life. It was more like the physical. She's a very bookish woman she's an astrophysicist she's like you know yeah smart like but like she's not a physically capable person per se she's an amazing climber yeah but, she has a good rock climber. Uh, anyways so i was like no 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 you know you should do this and she's like all right we put her in and was it last year it was last it was year. last year um she's the one that harvested you know and nice. it was um like honestly that was that's probably one of my most favorite hunts, you know, is seeing her like that whole process from him, like eating the super raw meat that I had <laughs> no idea how to cook, you know, to her not thinking that she could and giving her the confidence and working with her over the entire summer and like going to the range and like learning how to shoot. And then seeing that moment when she, we actually, we were sitting there and then there was this elk, uh, it was bedded down. This cow was bedded down. Uh, we were, we were behind, we were hundred yards, 110. 100. Yeah, and uh, and you know there was another elk just off. There were three of them all lined up, like head, 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 and like, but they were like sort of back this way in the front head, and I was a little bit, yeah. If if I mean it would have been a really big miss, but there was the potential that she could have potentially hit another elk, Mm -hmm. and uh, so we decided that it was like it was going to be a neck shot or nothing, you know, and. So Aaron is sitting in there. We're whispering in her ear, you know, and he's drawing. She's like, where do I shoot it again? And she's like drawing. He's like drawing. We sat there for 20 or 30 (laughs) minutes and she kept, she'd get on the gun and she'd set up and be like, okay, wait, like, just show me one more. And I'd have to like draw it in the dirt. Okay. Here's the neck and you're going to shoot right. Right. And and we'd sit back down and then she, and I was like, this is no. (laughs) <laughs> man she knocked that thing down it was awesome she did it was incredible yeah. I love Excellent. it I it love, really it. Cool. love it love it I love it when I hear someone say oh I could never do that yeah mm. yeah yep yes, that's absolutely let's try yeah because yep. I, I bet you'll surprise yourself um, like I said Emily one of the, our first participants she's like yeah. oh, I, I don't know if I could ever do that I don't know if I could pull the trigger so let's let's do you have a guest to try yeah and if they have a guest to try most of the time, they surprise themselves. Yeah, yeah she did so good. Um, she was she was one of my favorite from that standpoint. Um, really was unsure if she could get it all done, mm-hmm. and then and then the gutting process. You know, because that's one of the big things that we do is, um, yeah, y'all have to do it. You know, we're going to be there and help you and guide you through it and walk you through it. Um, and all of them have had something that just really impressed us, you know, like Adrian just throwing that antelope on that pack and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take it back to the truck myself. Nice. And, and she did, you know, just all the way. And, you know, you just, you just walk behind them with the big old smile on your face because mm. she's just tearing it up. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and then Ryan teaching us a little bit about processing. Yeah. You know, um, we, we do a follow up each year. Where we, you know, because the first thing that we do is we take them hunting and we teach them the shooting and the safety and the hunting and all the processing and all of that. And then we follow up 
the next year with teaching on the proclamation and how to draw and do and all that all of mm-hmm. that stuff you know figuring it out you know for themselves and we get together and they you know we usually have a meal from the last year's antelope and um he's like yeah i didn't have the butcher do any ground meat i just had him cut it into chili meat that way if i want to ground it myself i can and i was like oh <laughs> genius <laughs> genius See, I'm not, I'm not going to get any more ground either. I'm going to do chili meat from now on. Yep. <laughs> I think grind it myself if yeah. I need it. Because that fresh grind is much better anyway. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, have you guys uh, put in for or drawn any tags in the other states? We've put in for tags in other states. I don't think we've ever Mm-mm. drawn anything. We've just done over-the-counter in other states. Yeah. And we've hunted Colorado a lot on over-the-counter elk tags. Um, and we've hunted Arizona on over-the-counter uh, deer tags. But and you hunted Idaho on over-the-counter. Oh, yeah. yeah. I took a deer in Idaho. But we've put in, but we've never drawn. Yeah. I want to do that. I, I want to right. Idaho. So Idaho real bad. It was, it was fun, I have to say. I went up there with the uh, guys from First Light, and uh, we had a great backcountry hunt. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, who who'd you go with? I went with uh, Scott Robinson and uh, Cal. Well, I ended up hunting in the end with Cal. Uh, but what's uh, I'm spacing the other guy's name? But the guys that started uh, first, yeah, first light, light. Yeah. Robo. That's Scott. Oh, that's Scott. Oh, right. We uh, we went through Idaho and and we got to go in there to first light and do a podcast with a couple of the guys. Nice. Uh, Paul and Tag. Yeah, Paul and Tag, and it was it was pretty fun. His name is Tag? Tag. Yeah. Tag, Tag Spence. Spence. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he was a funny story, too. Um, he had never hunted before and drew a, or won a doll sheep tag at the yep. sheep show. Oh, my mm. God. And they did, I think First Light did a, did a, just a, I don't know if you call it a documentary, but a show on him, you know, uh-huh. uh, with his experience with that. And wow. so it was fun to talk to him. And the other guy we talked to was Paul Peterson. Um, both of them worked there. Um, and Paul had been hunting most of his life. Really cool guys. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun. So, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, uh, why, why do you ask about the, uh, over the, or uh, I was just curious. Um, you know, we we're fairly partial to New Mexico and Idaho simply because they're a straight draw system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't like point systems. I didn't know what you. I was leading towards what you guys' experience were with the point systems and your thoughts on those. Uh, it's funny. For a couple of years, we sort of thought we would do it, and then I'm like, you know, I I'll either draw in Idaho or in New Mexico, ideally in New Mexico. Um, or, or we'll hunt over the counter, and it won't be the same experience. But look, we've had good experiences over the counter as well, and like that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know. We we sort of started thinking about getting in line, and then it just seemed, from a new hunter standpoint, that's you're like, point, yeah. well, great, I got two points in Arizona, and I'm <laughs> never getting nothing there. Like what? Like that's a dumb system. Made my point for me, right? <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 Thank I met you. a guy, uh, I don't know, this a couple weeks ago, uh, a, a guide, and he was like, yeah, I got like 23 points in Arizona. I still haven't drawn. And I'm like, well, why would I time. ever spend my money there? Right. I'll, I'd rather just go like get my tag. And- yeah, and I, you know, that's one, that's one of the reasons I asked about it because um, 
we hadn't really put in for any other any other states. But uh, for that reason, for yeah. for new hunters, I. It's There's such no a it's such a hard topic because so many states have gone to it, and to reverse it, will yeah. uh, it'll, it'll it'll take. I mean, if it ever happens anywhere, and I think there are some states starting to think about it mm-hmm. because they're realizing that they're just not that point creep is just killing their their new hunter participation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, either that, or they're going to figure out new ways to just implement over the counter stuff, but. Um, for new hunters, that uh, system to me is just an absolute killer because yeah. we it's looked a, we looked at Wyoming for pronghorn because we didn't draw yeah. pronghorn, yeah. Yeah. and zero to zero to five points, you had a zero percent chance of drawing. That's five points, you have a twenty twenty percent chance of drawing. Six no six points, you have a twenty percent chance of drawing, and then I don't know how, but at seven points, you have a hundred percent chance of drawing. <laughs> It's yeah. just crazy to me that you would have, want to put in and spend money seven, seven years, years. No. just to yeah. draw a tag. Yeah. yeah, and because in seven years, it's going to take ten points. Uh-huh. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. Right. You, you will never, not never, but it is very difficult to recruit new hunters if you can't put them on opportunities where there's at least a reasonable chance of them going out and having an experience yeah. of hopefully getting an animal. It's yeah. great, man. Like. You, you go out and hunt, but like if you hunt one or two years on an over-the-counter tag and you don't see any animals, at that point you're just camping. You're yeah. like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, why am I carrying all this stuff? I could just take a backpacking trip. Yeah. And that, and I mean, really, that's what sparked our hunt at forward program was we had we had quite a few contacts between us on private land, mm-hmm. and I do love you know I've heard it, the gamut having been with the department for ten years prior. But I've heard the gamut of every year when the draw comes out, people saying, oh, this is bullcrap, I didn't draw again, we need to go to a point system, to, you know, now there's a big push to go away from allocating tags to private landowners. And I'm like, you people are idiots. (laughs) Private landowners provide a unique opportunity, case in point, our hunt it forward. (laughs) That's how we get our tags. Mm -hmm. We guarantee, because we have landowners that are very you know, um, willing generous. to help us out and very generous, we we can guarantee them an opportunity in an animal <laughs> to get that hook in them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're having to put in for three years before you even have a chance to draw, or you're again going to an over-the-counter unit where mm. you may not even see an animal yeah. for three years, how are you going to get that hook in them? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's we fight tooth and nail against both of those things, the point system and doing away with with um, those private land um, yeah. opportunities. And, and, and the biggest part of it is it's not about us. It's not. It's about new hunters. It's about right. bringing people in. It's about growing our numbers because in most places, save New Mexico for one, it's a dying breed. Right. The hunting numbers are going down in most places. They're going up in New Mexico, and that may be the very reason why. Right, because people have a chance to draw. Have a chance to draw. Everybody yeah. has the same chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a great chance, but it's all the same. It's a right. chance. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is why, you know, so we started putting, you know, all of our new hunters in to the buy of a doll, you know, once in a lifetime cow tag, because, you know, the odds are great. It's New Mexican residents only. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and it's Great like place or find. other cow tags where it's pretty solid chance of drawing and a pretty solid chance of harvesting. Right. Yeah. I think getting people an opportunity to actually harvest their first year is like you, you'll make a hunter then. Like right. mm-hmm. if you don't get people out on land where they can see animals and hopefully get one and then they do that and they're the people just come back because yeah. they're like, "Oh, they had the experience and they understand." Yeah. It. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly why we do that. Mm-hmm. Too cool. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. You have any, I don't know, you guys have any other cool stories? We'll, we'll give you guys a, a cool story around the table if you have one. Cool story. I don't know. Kind of <laughs> Hunting, right photography, it doesn't matter. We, we like good stories. This is oh, um, I, I, so going back to... Um, just the overall experience, you know, it's like, uh, I took out a bunch of photographers, um, a couple weeks ago and took them into the forest and called in some bulls and had them take photographs. And like, and it was just like, you know, for, for them, it was, it was kind of that life altering experience, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to be, you don't have to have a gun or, you know, a bow in your hand to like, you know, kind of have that interaction. But like, you do need somebody who has the knowledge to like help introduce you into that world, you know, yeah. and to see things differently. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, that's not like, I mean, it was an amazing experience for me, you know, to see them out there and to have that experience that they wouldn't normally have otherwise. Um, so I guess that was my cool story for recently, but, um, well, oh, and actually step it one step back you had another photo program where you had a client from new york who came out in the dark oh yeah and looked up in the sky and was like what What is is that that? (laughs) and you're like that's a star (laughs) and they're like holy crap that's amazing uh i mean that's not a monumental story but that is a monumental, like the fact it's that someone who moment. has lived yeah. 26 years in New York City and never seen a star. And like, this is the whole, like we could talk all day about wanting to get people out and hunt and first opportunities. And like, for me, that's what it is about is like, if you can engage people and yes. like seeing a star or understanding what a hunt is or their animals like all we're doing is building coalition for people who care about the things that all of us should care or whatever what i care about right and i'm not trying to put my value on anyone but like i care about open space i care about wildlife i care about ecology and if we can get lots of people to come out and be like wow like that's a star that's just more people on our side. Exactly. And that's, you know, one of the things whenever we started Hunt It Forward, I, um, we tend to bring it back to that because those are experiences that we've had. But um, even we we fully acknowledge that we may get somebody someday who does it and says, yep, not not for me. Yeah. Okay with that. Yeah. Yep. And the reason we're okay with that is because even if they're not going to become a hunter, they're going to go back to their circle, wherever that circle was, 
And if someone says, oh, those dang hunters are just a bunch of killers, right. she's going to stand up or he's going to stand up and say, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. she will have had that experience. Even if he or she, I keep saying she because we've had <laughs> a ma- Three girls, one majority guy. of yeah, mm-hmm. but um, they they now become, at the very least, an advocate for us. Yeah. yeah. And we absolutely absolutely need that. Like like you said, that person coming out and realizing, you know, never having seen stars. If we can get that connection now, we have somebody who can we can partner with right. um, in a circle that's outside of our own. Yeah. yeah. But that was what was neat about her. It's just like so. Once I realized that that was her level of you know wilderness experience, you know, it's like that was an entree for me to introduce her to the woods in a way that like was really unique you know it's like you know we'd walk around and i'd you know i'd show her like an elk rub and you know explain like what was happening she's like and she was so amazed by like you know she would have walked by that a thousand times and never realized what it was just looks like a tree without bark exactly you know or like you know even looking at um you know know, it's like you know i would explain like oh this one's really fresh or this one's like you know a couple days old and she's like i didn't even know that that was elk poop and you know we call them milk duds and she thought that was the (laughs) i was like yeah they look like milk duds and she thought that was the funniest thing but like it gave her something to like relate to you know that all of a sudden she's seeing things differently you know and so she's taking that back with her you know because she's like she wants to go into you know central park and like you know, go look at birds now. And like, she'll look at things differently, you know, even if it is in the middle of New York city, she still has like a connection to the outdoors that she didn't have before she came here. And like, that's what fires me up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, um, I don't know. It's very good. Rodney, any stories? Man, I've told all my stories on here at least 10 times. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We haven't heard your first time. Oh no! Oh man, you don't want to hear about my first hunt, my first successful hunt, or my first no, 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 the, no, first, no. the first hunt. Oh, my first hunt was a disaster. I mean, it wasn't a disaster. I drew a uh, tag in forty-five, uh, which is uh, Santa Fe unit. I drew a mule deer tag. That was my first hunt, okay. and I walked around for five straight days, and we saw one doe, and that was the extent of my first hunt. I like, I was so amped up, and. Actually, to sort of circle back to a thing we talked about earlier, like we have spent so much time mountain biking and, mm-hmm. um, you know, riding the trails and hiking and skiing. And we have done everything in, we thought we had done everything in uh, Santa Fe. And then you start hunting and you're like, oh, like, let's just pop over the, oh, wow, like there's a whole like big old basin back in here. And there's like, there's like, there's like, you know, exactly. like, um, so we saw a we saw too much country. I probably put in 20 miles a day looking nice. for deer, and I didn't see any. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so, like our experience at 45. Well, that, that's going to spur a, a story for me. I grew up hunting in Unit 34. So when I first started hunting, and Sacramento like, Mountains, if, if, yeah. a, little, yeah. a little history lesson here. Used to, they weren't units. Mm-hmm. We had what was called regions. Mm-hmm. Regions would be made up of two or three or four units. Um, we had region N, which was made up of 34, 30, Seven. 33. Yeah, 30, 34 and 33. Mm-hmm. And, and I think 29 as well. But anyway, that's where I hunted my entire life, all growing up. Hmm. I hunted there, Sacramento Mountains. 
um, up and around Cloudcroft. The only place I ever hunted. Hunted elk, hunted deer, hunted there. Um, got older, and uh, another buddy of ours, Dedon, me and him put in for some other hunts. It was the first time that I'd ever hunted anywhere else, ever. And same thing, man. I was just super excited. Just, oh, I'm going to love this. We're going to go see some new country. Um, we drew 52. Is that the Tres Piedras one? Yeah, yeah. 52. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, rifle, mule deer tag. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing but a ton of antelope and... Is that, no. is that why you want to do that muzzleloader today? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of animals, <laughs> um, but so so yeah. Same same thing, man. And we we hunted and hunted and hunted and went all over that unit and saw two does. That was it. A thousand antelope. We saw one little two by two hanging in a tree. <laughs> two by two. <laughs> Sorry. I saw a post the other day on Facebook. The guy was guy said uh, a quote here. Um, this nice little two by two is all I seen. It was a forky. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. never heard it called anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I was like, two. "What's a two by two? It's a, it's a two by two now." That's awesome. So next time we go pronghorn hunting. Yeah, I got me a nice little forky. <laughs> Rebranding. Rebranding. That's it. That's so there's funny. there's my hunt story. There's your hunt story. But great country, beautiful country, you know, and and we fished a lot. You know, we weren't seeing any animals, so maybe that's why we weren't seeing a lot of animals because we'd done a lot of fishing on that hunting trip. Um, but great experience, great country. The the thing about it, I like. I'll sort of follow it up with a little bit of a coda and say that I was so intent on getting a deer and I just wanted to like get an animal because that's what like the success of that's hunting was. That's what you're supposed to do. That's, that's what all the shows tell you is going to happen. Yep. And I'm eight years into it now and we've had our successes and we were on a private land tag a couple of weeks ago uh, that was... Uh, th- there was a lot of things about that. Tag. We we sort of just happened to this I- experience, but uh, Jen and I sort of got set loose for an evening, and the elk had not been bugling, and suddenly they were bugling, and we were calling, and there was bulls all around us, and we called down this herd, and one came into 68, which is well beyond my bow range. Not, it, I'm just not going to shoot like that. And then he went back into the trees, and one came down, a big bull came down to 72, and we couldn't get him to come past, and he went back into the trees, and there there were cows everywhere, like, galloping, and, like, it was frenetic. And we didn't get an animal, and I walked away, and I was like, that was the best hunt I've ever had. Like, it was incredible and like i think about how eight years ago i just thought it was a failure that i hadn't like you know like gotten my animal and like for me i i was like whatever like it it didn't happen but man just that experience to like be so close and like the adrenaline and like the i don't know it it, it, it was a, it was a change experience for yeah. us yeah and i think i'll piggyback off that i guess for my hunting story i don't know um 
I may have told this one before on the podcast, but I don't remember. Um, the first time I ever even attempted to bow hunt, because I've been a muzzleloader. I, I love muzzleloader hunting. Um, traditional is my preference. Uh, I don't think you're muzzleloader hunting if you're shooting an inline, but that's just my personal preference. Um, you guys want to shoot an inline, do it inline. That's why I put in for 33, because that's a traditional muzzleloader huh. hunt. But um, had never put in for bow. Um, I didn't even own a bow. <laughs> and my brothers and I decided we were going to put in for the Viva Dollar once I'm in a, a lifetime. I, I want to preface this real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm He'd been trying to get I'm me into I'm going to preface this because bow hunting. I had been trying to get him to go bow hunting. Uh-huh. Go bow hunting with me. Go bow hunting with me. No, I don't want to go bow hunting. I like muzzleloader hunting. I'm not going bow hunting. And I said, well, I want to go bow hunting this year, dude. So I'm going to put in for a bow. And he said, well, fine. You're going to have to put in right yourself. I said, okay. What did he do? He put in for a bow hunt. <laughs> I did. I did. So it draws, one, it draws the once in a lifetime wow. vibe of a doll. So <laughs> now we can't put in for that together. I wow. didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even have a bow when I put in for it. Oh, jeez. Because awesome. I thought, oh, I'll never draw. Right. I was, you know, I was just like, okay, because my brothers wanted to put in. I was like, all right, yeah, let's put in whatever. And put in and drew the once in a lifetime um, bow hunt there in the vibe of doll. Borrowed a bow from somebody, practiced not near enough. Um, we packed in, you know, uh, horseback, got way back in down by Beatty Lakes, um, set up camp, and the first night they were bugling, and it was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. The first morning they were a little quiet, and then um, the, the first evening we decided, you know, when you go out as a group, you kind of decide who's going to shoot first, and so we decided that, uh, my brother's uh, friend Jake was going to shoot first because he had to leave early from the hunt. And so they were bugling, and we get out, and we're all four hunting together, and they're just screaming, and they're coming, and we get one to come in, and he comes like off of a hill straight towards us. We're out in the middle of an open, all four of us in a line, and we just kneel down. <laughs> and he and he's just, you know, he comes down, he's just screaming in our face. And he walks down, and he just kind of veers a little bit. And as soon as his head gets behind the tree, you know, Jake's sitting here like this, and he just draws like that, and on the move, just whop. And, and, I mean, center punches him right where he needed to be. You wow. saw the arrow go in. Wow. You saw the bull wow. jump. That's the amazing. bull ran 20 yards. Wow. You could see the blood pouring out from the oh. arrow. Wow. And he stood there, and he just looked back at us. He, he was, you know, about 40 yards from us whenever he, he stopped. And he just looked back at us, and he was just kind of looking around. He didn't know what had happened. And then you just saw him do the death wobble, and then pa. Mm. And that was my first experience with bow hunting. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do this. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to do this. <laughs> Moving from that to talking about the experience part, I jumped from, you know, in, in hunter education, they teach the different levels of hunting, you know, limiting out and trophy hunting. And I jumped from limiting out to the number five, the experience in that hunt. <laughs> and I will never go back <laughs> because even though I didn't get an animal, I came out of my once in a lifetime from, from the Viva doll, didn't get an animal. The most ex- incredible experience and to have it with my brothers <laughs> and the way that we did it was so incredible. <laughs> I mean, that formed really formed moving forward how I hunted because <laughs> Rodney and I, 
one of our goals is to hunt in every unit that you can possibly hunt in the state of New Mexico. That's awesome. And we don't care. We just love to go hunt. Yeah. And and that's one of the the experiences that really built that. Yeah. And it also led into us wanting to share that with other people. So, yeah, yeah it's crazy. How many units are left? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but we have got a lot, too. Right. Yeah. yeah um, There's a lot of units. Yeah. A lot of and, units. And we've 50-some-odd units. Well, we've hunted some crappy, crappy units <laughs> on crappy hunts and just had the most fun. Yeah. Mm. Um, we've got a lot of units under the belt, but we've got a lot to go. And um, I look forward to every one of them because, again, it's just, it's just so much fun. Yeah, the new country, the new experiences, the challenge because hunting new country is hard. Mm. It's very hard, um, you know. Because being working people, you know, um, we don't have all the time in the world yeah. to scout uh, and and learn the country and do a lot. One thing, like I said, I grew up in thirty four. I know every inch of that country. I, I I can hunt it. You know, Kyle and I both took our first bulls together. Um, 34. In 34. Wow. Um, 15 minutes apart, 73 yards from each wow. other. 15 minutes wow. apart? 15 my, minutes wow. my brother called two bulls yards. into us, muzzleloader hunt. Roddy was sitting on one side of the ridge. I was sitting on the other. He could, If he stood up, he could see me, or if either one of us stood up. And so I got to see him, his bull come in up the ridge, and he shot it with an inline. Um, no, <laughs> he shot it at seventy. He shot it at seventy-three yards, and it died, you know, right there. Yep. And and Rodney jumps up like this, yeah. And my brother goes, "Sit down," because there was still a bunch of bulls, um, you know, around us. There was actually what sounded like a really big bull down below me until Rodney shot and he mm-hmm. left. But then my bull came in, walked not ten yards from where his was lying dead. Mm-hmm. Well, ten yards from me. And then 10 yards from him, turned, came over to me, Wow. bugled, and Rodney watched my bullet go out the other side. Yeah. Wow. And he ran 10 yards, and they died 73, 73 yards apart. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's incredible. It was really cool because cool. I watched his bull come out of the canyon, and it, and it broadsided me probably about 40 yards. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. And so it's, you know, it's just about half the distance from where my bull was laying dead. Mm-hmm. And then it just turned and walked right at me. And, of course, I'm just stock still trying not to mess this up, you know. And it walks right to me, 10 yards from me, and just bugles right in my face. And I was like, that is cool. And then it turned and it walked away, and I'm just watch, watching it walk away. Rodney's going, and I'm going, shoot, 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 shoot. Because I, I knew he was over there. I just didn't know exactly where, you know, because yeah. we were set up just, just a little ways apart, but we couldn't see each other unless we stood up. And so I knew he was over there, but I'm just watching this bull looking right down its back. And I was like, shoot, 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 and nothing. It seemed like it was like 10 years. It was just like forever. And then all of a sudden I heard the shot, and like Kyle said, I could see it, the exit. Wow. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was cool. Um, and then it ran ran down the hill and died. And uh, we were in a, fortunately we were in a place where we could get the four-wheelers to it because um, we had two bulls down. Um, 
and it was a lot of work. One's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. The funniest part and, of that yeah. story is Rodney at the time had but little. Before before we get to that though, <laughs> um, <laughs> before we get to that, you ran back to get um, the four wheeler, the four wheel, the truck in the four wheeler. Yeah. And me and Ty um, were going to start gutting gutting the bulls and. The funny part was, I mean, I was ecstatic. I get excited. They call they call it tornado mode. That's what they call it. Because <laughs> goes I, tornado mode. I get just excited. I'm a very excitable person, you know, and I get real antsy and just jumping around. And, man, I was happy. And Ty is just – and I was like, man, I can't believe we got two bulls down. They're right here. They're like 73 yards apart. This is amazing. And Ty was like, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like – I could tell. <laughs> but then, like, yeah, go ahead. The, the funniest part of that was, at the time we were, we weren't roommates at the time, but we were living near each other in college at the time. And he had this little Nissan pickup, yeah, pickup, one of those like little bitty things, little bitty thing, smaller than a Tacoma. And we loaded those two elk, and there was. And horns, horns and, and antlers sticking just out sticking out everywhere, everywhere going down awesome. the hill, you know, like this. <laughs> and it was like, man, we're in. exemplifying that hundred, you know, we didn't think about it at the time, but exemplifying that, that negative hunter oh, yeah. stereotype. Yeah, we pulled into all But subs. we were just happy as, happy as hell. As be. <laughs> um, pulled into all subs and, and both of those elk just, I mean, they barely fit. We just had to mash them in there and they were all sticking out and everybody's looking at us like, what the heck? And that truck's going down the road. Wee! That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's we have you beat on that one. Oh, so I can't wait to hear that. Second, second year of hunting. We harvested a pretty good bull in the Gila. We carried him out. It was a long, late night. And we got back and we we're like, what are we going to do with this animal? Because we drive a Volvo. <laughs> and we got a bike rack on the back with our bikes. And we're like, what in the hell? So we, we have a roof box. So we just took all that meat and tossed it in the top on the roof box. <laughs> like, the roof box is <clears throat> yeah, like, And then we're like, what are we going to do with the rack? We're like, just tie it on the back of the bike rack. So we just like strap. We had like two bikes and a massive rack just on the back of the Volvo. And we just went cruising off down the We went down to, is it Dallas? Tell me you got a picture of it somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hold on. Everybody was like, what who are on? these people? Like, what in the world is going on? Amazing. That is awesome. Completely awesome. That was a funny moment. Very good. Oh, I could sit around and tell stories all night. Right. Yeah. But thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, it fun. Jen, some of your latest work was, and Aaron, latest work was in Modern Huntsman Volume 5. Mm-hmm. Go check that out if you guys get a chance. Uh, Jen, your photo website is jenjudge.com. It is. Right? Yep. Aaron? AaronGully.com. There you go. Easy. Um, check these guys out. They're really awesome. Um, I've had the great pleasure of getting to know Jen and now getting to know Aaron. And um, I'm sure this friendship will continue because it's been so much fun. Right. So. Absolutely. I'm psyched to finally meet Rodney. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
The other half. The other the half. Other, yep. yep. So, exactly. I'm psyched what you guys are doing. Yeah. Thanks. I'm really yeah. excited we're, about we're it. We're psyched what y'all are doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 great to hear. I mean, it's great for hunters to be doing that, but for for new hunters and granted, y'all have been doing it for a while, but but for new hunters to to get into it and and recognize that that how hard it is to get started you, and to just you guys are right doing and, what yeah. our goal with hunt, yeah. you know, the end yeah. goal with hunt it forward is we want our our new hunters to now mentor somebody at some exactly. point so exactly. yeah i wish I, I would have known you like 10 years ago i know, you know? I know. absolutely <laughs> i needed you where were you well, I, who knows we we don't even know if we would have been there yeah, i mean this I, yeah, is probably not i yeah. mean it's 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 just the right place right time yeah. and, right. um i think but i think Knowing and, and and I hope more of these stories come out and and we've talked to I don't know how many people that people are doing this people are doing people are. exactly what we're doing on their own time in their own way yeah. and, I, and I think as we build those relationships and and tell those stories that's what's I mean that's what's worthwhile you you build that community of hey we're not the only ones doing this and we knew when we started it we weren't the only ones doing it yeah. but. Um, it's what we felt like we could do at the time. Yeah. It's what we wanted to put our emphasis on. Yeah. yeah. Was, you know, we, we've talked a lot about this in this podcast about you know, kind of changing the culture, redefining trophy and yeah. stuff like that. And that's, that's really what the thing that we saw when we, when we sat down, cause we, we don't have ass stuff. We're going to do it. We decided to do this podcast <laughs> awesome. and, and this podcast is much to the chagrin of our wives. Right. We're going to give it our go. We're going to give it our all. And so we sat down and we talked about, you know, what is it going to be? What is it going to be about? And kind of the two things was, you know, uh, just a working man's perspective on hunting. Um, and edu- and, then, and education. then changing, yeah, education, but, but changing that culture, you know, changing the selfish nature of the current hunting environment. And, and when I say education, that's really what, what we're talking about because the hunting community is so closed off, you know, that don't tell anybody your spot. Nope. Don't tell them how you do things. And we're like, this is stupid. We, we don't want yeah. new hunters. Because Let's tell people how to do down. this. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the, the first time, um, one of the first podcasts we put out was about how to read the draw and how to put in for the draw. Mm-hmm. And we got so much backlash. Hmm. Like, don't tell people that well, it's, public knowledge anybody right. can know yeah. we're just putting it out there and we should be putting it out there yeah. right. and so i mean that's really what's driven us and so far you know it's been we so like much it. fun it's a work in process this you know it's like hunting yep. you're always working to be better always you know? working to be better so all right thank you guys for joining yeah. thank you thank yeah. you all for listening super fun catch you next time adios 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 <laughs> Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors Podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.